welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey, and welcome to the uh, Zephyr podcast sessions. I'm back here today. It's uh, it's really warm here in the UK recording this today, but um, I'm greatly joined by Jeppa. Hey, how are you? Hi, Scott. I'm good. Warm as well. <laughs> that's good. And you're based in Denmark. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Um, can you do me a huge favor for the listeners? Can you do an intro to yourself, your name, your role, and, and the company you work for? Yeah. Uh, my name is Jebe Bjelm. I'm a head of subscription sales and service at Jyskvinske Media, who is a Danish local media outlet. We have 14 uh, daily newspapers and seventy around 70 weekly um, free newspapers as well. But my focus is mainly on the subscription part of business, so the 14 daily newspapers. Uh, and I've been here for around six years and uh, been working in the industry for 14 years in total. Nice. That's uh, it's a, it's a lengthy, lengthy time in the industry. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to dive in today looking at various things. So uh, we're going to look at um, retention and churn prevention. Um, I'm also going to touch on and see, if, uh, see uh, how kind of um things have changed for you maybe over the past few years but also the past few months um obviously there's been huge changes there um maybe uh, we'll go into that in a bit but what does a day-to-day look like for you well uh, having both sales and service the focus is very much on uh, running the operation making sure we reach the service level in uh, in our customer service department and our sales targets in sales but then I'm uh, lucky enough to be involved in a few uh, strategic development uh, projects as well. So being able to um, kind of set the direction that, that we want to go in. One of my focuses is also uh, our pricing strategy. How do we develop the pricing uh, and make sure that that works together with the way that we want to develop our business. So uh, that's in, in the big lines pretty much my day-to-day work. Absolutely. And that uh, something I'm going to dig on later is the, um, I think you, you've changed your pricing slightly um, strategy going yeah. forward recently and uh, focus more on behavioral pricing, which is interesting. Um, obviously, uh, it's concepts quite new, behavioral pricing to a lot of um, uh, subscription companies and, and publishers as a whole. So um, that would be really interesting to talk about. Um, so I think starting off, obviously, you've, you've got a key customer service background, um, making the customers happy, I'd, I'd guess. Um, you've been doing a lot around um, and had a big journey around retention, churn prevention. Um, how does customer service relate to this? Well, it actually started off when uh, when I started in uh, this role. I came from the background also from a telco company in Denmark that had been on quite a journey in uh, moving the customer service from a cost center to a profit center. So making sales and delivering value to the, both the customers and thereby also uh, the company. And uh, one of the areas that we um, th- that we looked at first was retention. It wasn't an active focus of the department when I came in. There was a lot of things that that needed to be done in a different way, but this was one of them. Uh, And that value you can create 
when the customer calls in to cancel their subscription. It's just it's it's massive for a very small investment in in time on a, on an employee level. So so that was uh, that was one of the main reasons that we saw that that was where we could create the biggest value for for the company. So and then we uh, the first thing was very very simple. We dedicated I think two or three of our agents to 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 control uh, the the um, the cancellation line in a phone system um and and just started working step by step forward and i guess that that falls hand in hand everyone's experts in something right so um obviously if you've got two or three agents that are experts in cancellation they can kind of manage those strategies and processes around that hopefully turn some of those people back around to become subscribers again or not cancel and just renew um be that i don't know some kind of discounting or whatever you're doing there um how did that work? Did that did it work well? Yeah, it did. We uh, starting off, we saved around five to eight percent of the customers calling in to cancel, and that was mainly people having uh, issues with the delivery of the newspaper, uh, the fiscal newspaper, where we could do something about that, make sure that that our um, our distribution worked afterwards. That was the only uh, active. Uh, retention activity that was um, uh, live. So uh, the first thing we did was, I think the first goal we set up was that we wanted to increase it to 15%. And we we managed that quite quickly with only this initiative, uh, getting the calls into the right people. One of the agents that we got on it uh, came from actually from our telemarketing department. So he had more of a sales profile, but still understood the, the customer service profile as well. So this hybrid between sales and service. And then, then we started working more actively on uh, the dialogue, uh, how we, how, what the customers were saying and what the pains for the customers were and how we could manage around that. And actually one of the strategic focuses and demands from the businesses from, um, from the start was that we, we didn't want to give any discounts. We didn't want to uh, save our customers just because they could get a discount because that is a very short-sighted value. And then, well, then you, you'll just either drop that price going forward, or when you increase the price again, the chance of them churning is very, very big. So it's not loyal customers that you create uh, on that behalf. No, interesting. And uh, obviously, there's, there's a lot of that around at the moment. And we saw a lot of maybe the viral schemes that on subscriptions as a whole, right? Um, I think Adobe was the biggest one. You could cancel your creative membership on Photoshop or whatever it was, and they gave you a free six months. So it was great. And people, yeah. it went viral. Um, I think it was on like the Hot UK deals or the, the Hot Deals, Pepper.com and things like that across across Europe as well. Yeah. So um, I don't know how much revenue they lost, but obviously this was a, this was a big change. And I guess it shows that, the, again, the loyalty around that. You, you want your loyal, you want your ideal customers there and you want them to get the value from the news, from the content, from the paper, from the offerings that you have out there. Obviously, this was a mix across both print and digital. Yeah, it, it, it is. But it is mainly print. The biggest churn we have uh, on, is, is on print and uh, the, the the biggest challenge is actually people dying from us. I think uh, people know that uh, out there uh, on the print um, newspapers. The churn on our digital uh, outlets or our products are, um, are, are not as high, but they're still there and we still uh, do the same activities on them. But we are also 
doing uh, a bit more on uh, onboarding and email flows, uh, all of that part that doesn't uh, demand people interfering. And I, I, I guess that's a big part of it as well, having that kind of onboarding process, giving them the best experience up front uh, yeah. to, when they when they onboard. They want access there straight away. I was talking um, on a on a to a on a previous episode about having that uh, print subscription, right? You used to uh, sign up in the newspaper. So you used to fill out your form, send it off. And it took maybe a month or two to get that first delivery of the newspaper. Whereas now, uh, digital, um, you sign up, you put your card details in, you want access there and then. And obviously, uh, you have to have that good experience from the outset, especially when if you're running a promotion, to, uh, I don't know, pound for three months or whatever, or euro for three months, whatever that might be. Um, they, they, they just kind of got to have a good experience within that. Obviously, uh, the onboarding is probably an easy place to start. How do you, uh, and kind of talking about that retention side of things, that's probably quite a reactive retention strategy when you're looking at the um, the... Um, uh, the having your your agents there and taking the phone calls is that the only kind of strategy you do you you talked about proactive strategies as well what how how does that work yeah well um well just to finish off on the re- reactive part of it and uh, because that's um, a good intro to the other part uh, with the initiative that we made we've actually um achieved getting the reten- reactive retention rate up to uh I just checked the numbers for June this morning, and we hit an all-time high on uh, 51.5% of the value that was being cancelled that we uh, saved. A bit more if we talk about the number of subscribers, 52% or so. But going up into those numbers, that is there, there is a dark horse in this uh, when we only uh, calculate the percentage of the subscribers calling in to cancel, and that is how many. Because we could have retention rate of 10%, but if only 10 people call in the entire month, then that's a good month, but it doesn't show in the numbers. So the proactive part of it actually came in as to, okay, now we know how to deal with the customers calling into council. How do we lower that number? And we can't do that by having a a reactive retention uh, agent sitting ready on the phone. So uh, we um, we actually started off with uh, we have a customer survey that uh, every customer uh, gets uh, gets once a year and they are divided uh, out during the months of of the year, and the customers that answered that they were very likely to churn within the next six months, uh, we made a list and we uh, called these people, and and not with the dialogue that they were going to churn, but just how's it going? Can we do anything for you? Can we activate your digital profile? Do you know about our loyalty schemes? All, all of these uh, things, just making sure that they know the value of the product. No, and that, I, I guess that's looking at kind of propensity modeling, right? Uh, how's someone going to churn? What are those likely um, attributes within that? Are uh, six months great? However, it's probably quite ideal that maybe they're accessing the digital side of things or they're doing the, the loyalty schemes, they're, they're accessing whatever that might be, the events or um, the, the different offers that you have on the table. Um, I, obviously, that, that's, that's a good way to look at it. I've never, I've never uh, looked at it in that way, um, obviously, proactively. And working, again, alongside the reactive strategy, I guess that's got quite good results. Yeah, it has. We have... We have 
this year I just looked into some old numbers and we have we have half the value of churn yearly uh, since we started with these uh, initiatives. And uh, of course, there is this element of uh, in our print base being slightly smaller. There is some um, some effects of that, but 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 in in sheer numbers, uh, we have gone from uh, a churn rate above ten percent, uh, very very bad when we uh, started, and now we are down at around six percent in churn rate, and uh, not best in class, but uh, but but that's the target. Uh, we want to go even lower. You're heading that way, so you're heading yeah. the right direction. Yeah. So, how, how uh, obviously we we touched on um, um, behavioural pricing at the start yeah. of this uh, conversation. Um, does the churn rate relate to the behavioural pricing at all? Um, it it does. Yeah. Um, the the things we have changed. Uh, I was at a pricing conference uh, a few years back uh, when I first uh, heard about behavioural pricing uh, from a German. Uh, consultancy company that we're working with today uh, as well and uh, how how people uh, are irrational uh, in everything we do we want to think that we're rational but 90 uh, percent of the people are irrational at least in in some way um, and uh, also that uh, we like to when asked uh, about for instance how much do you pay for your subscription we we want to answer something so we do answer something but we actually don't know um a, a lot of our customers doesn't know the exact amount they're paying and uh, a, a lot of customers when asked directly says i don't know uh, also so that that was kind of um the 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 intro into working with behavioral pricing and the first initiative we did was that uh, we always heard from from our customer base that why don't we as a loyal customer get any discount uh, and uh, the the sad answer was that we couldn't afford it. <laughs> it it wasn't that we didn't want to uh, to pay them something, but if we were to lower the prices five uh, percent, it was a massive drop in the revenue for us. We, we the, the business wouldn't uh, stand. Um, so what we did instead was that we uh, created uh, this loyalty price where, when people called in uh, and complained about the price, or or also if they had other complaints then we were able to keep them on last year's price. So they, they skipped a price, one price increase. That would give them a discount uh, of the latest price increase uh, going on uh, forever. So as long as they kept being customers, they would have this discount. Um, that meant that we could migrate very slowly the customer base into this loyalty discount. So we were, we were only giving away future revenue, not current revenue. Uh, in the business and then we could plan around it um, with the initiatives and look always tracking on how does the churn rate uh, develop over time and uh, thereby seeing okay is this a good idea and we would be able to stop it from day to day and i guess that i, I was just going to add in there i guess that relates obviously either you have a um, you add new customers and then obviously you've got that rate uh, and when they come to the loyalty you can match the the rate that they're on and then obviously that over time will slowly increase that that um lifetime value of the customers anyway right it's um, yeah. it's exactly the same kind of process um that's quite interesting and it's all also it it's a very good uh, tool in um, that we um we we run run yearly uh, price increases and we know that most of our customers they pay and they're willing to pay this price. Uh, the price acceptance is very, very high. 
So we need to capture that money that is on the table. Yep. But we also know that uh, that uh, some percent, uh, they're going to be affected by it. And, and this way, we can actually drive a bit more aggressive price increases because the, the willingness to pay is out there or the price acceptance. And then those that uh, get affected by it and that, that wants to churn, we have some other way of, uh, of keeping them in the business and uh, making them happy as well. So we can, we can kind of do both things, uh, eat our cake and have it too. And yeah, and uh, and again with your with your guy kind of uh, retention and churn prevention, looking the reactive proactive side of things, mapped with behavioural pricing and having that kind of flexibility on on that pricing without losing revenue at the same time is going to well uh, it, it works hand in hand right and keeps your keeps your revenues level increasing uh, plus without um uh, bringing down your churn rate at the same time which um is a goal for everyone um and that's really really interesting to to hear um question about the uh, obviously you've been through quite um uh, mergers over the time and things like that with these kind of strategies and say i think it was four companies that came together yeah. how how do you manage this across all four different companies is it easy good question um no it's not easy uh or well it's 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 complicated uh because um uh, we've actually just uh, had a thought, uh, talk about this uh, not long ago um, and that is regarding the behavioral pricing as well. What we did uh, uh, at the first in uh, the B2C uh, division was that we, we decided to uh, gather every uh, part of, of our, uh, our division in Odense here. So everybody came together and we were sitting here. So we moved all the different customer service parts. Some were um, external uh, companies and some were internal. We, but we gathered it here so that we could have that one direction. We actually also wanted to um, uh, kind of uh, make the same strategy for all the uh, different papers and also get to the same price points. So we wanted to, the cheaper uh, papers, we wanted to increase those uh, prices. But in working with the behavioral pricing, we, we've become much more aware that we need to uh, not just every uh, every paper, but actually every pi price point of every pay paper, uh, handle them individually because those customer on that uh, specific price point doesn't care about all the other price points. They're only focused on their price point. And that's where the, the potential uh, or the risk is um, for that one customer. So, so we're actually uh, going a bit more um, into uh, decentralizing uh, in the attitude towards the product but otherwise it was very much centralizing in the merger so that we could create the the same vision for for our department and it didn't need to do a long distance um, management two key aspects there first of all centralize the uh, the strategies but then decentralize the products and the pricing right so to, to make sure that again you've got you're not leaving money on the table you're fitting the right product for the right person at the right time essentially exactly exactly we're slowly uh we're coming to good timing here um and we're getting towards the end of this uh this recording session so um i've got a couple uh, one more question for you and then a couple of random questions on the end here um so firstly uh and you probably know what's coming at the end because you said you've listened to some of these um so firstly if uh, you were to give three top tips uh on retention churn and pricing what would they be uh start simple that would be the first and and uh, and make sure that 
I've, I've taken the, in my own vocabulary, uh, the minimal viable product thought and uh, uh, changed that to minimum viable project. So, so, so do the, the smallest project that you can, but make sure that you have control of, of the chain of processes in, in that so that you can do everything that is needed to make that process a success and then create the results to go out and market internally and show that this is the right way uh, to go. And that is actually bo uh, that's both regarding uh, retention and churn prevention, and that's regarding pricing. And then reach out to your customers. Uh, a lot of our customers before we started this only heard from us when they signed up and when they churned or died. Uh, so, so that was the only two contact points. Reach out to them. They're happy to. And that just that one. Today, we're doing a predictive churn analysis and creating a call list based on that. And we don't need the customers to, uh, to do anything active before we call them. We know about their behavior. But, but uh, just that first thing when calling them up, they were happy. They were so happy that we reached out uh, to them and, uh, and that, that created a lot of effect in itself. Uh, so um, I think that would be it. Perfect. No, that's, that's great tips there. Thank you for that. So a couple of um, uh, random questions. So firstly, we're in Odense. Uh, we, we've gone to a, a local bar. Okay. Uh, it, well, maybe out of lockdown, right? <laughs> so it's a, it's a warm day and uh, we're getting a drink. What would be your go-to drink of choice? Oh, I think, uh, I think that would be uh, a cold beer, some sort of IPA. Um, we, nice. we are out of lockdown, so we can actually go out over here. <laughs> we can't yet um, i'm very jealous um so that, that, that's good and last thing from me um i'm curating this playlist uh, over the, the the last few months um i need a feel-good song to add to it what would be your song of choice uh, i think with the topic of uh, of today it should be queen with the don't stop me now I like it. I like it. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, and hopefully you're having a good time as well. Anyway, <laughs> Jeff, yeah. great to chat to you. Thank you very much for being on the Zephyr podcast sessions today. Um, take care through throughout all this uh, um, uh, random time at the moment i know you're celebrating a liverpool uh, uh, uh league win uh last night so uh it's it uh, I'm happy for Liverpool. Uh, however, as a Brighton fan, I want the three points in a few weeks' time. So um, hopefully we can uh, we can win that and stay up. We'll in the make Premier. some sort of arrangement. <laughs> Absolutely, thank yeah. you. We'll have to let Klopp know. Um, but look, Jeppa, great to great to chat to you. Great to uh, have you on the session, and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, and thanks for having me, Scott. It's been a pleasure. No problem.